there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Traveling Shit. Where your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. If you're new, welcome for the first time. And if you've been here before, welcome D. Fuck back. I am happy to have you here, new, in betwixt, or old. So, this is actually a part two, if you will, um, earlier this week because it was a late episode. But the last episode, um, I started telling you guys about our road trip that we most recently took um, to Cleveland, Detroit, Toronto, and Buffalo. So if you haven't already listened to the beginning of the road trip where I kind of dive into Detroit and Cleveland, as well as, I guess you could say, our road trip rituals and just, you know, uh, pro tips, if you will, about a road trip. Definitely check out last week's episode and um, then come back to this. But if you are here with us now, uh, let's dive right into the rest of the trip. So after we left Detroit, we, I almost said flew, we drove to Toronto, which wasn't, I want to say that ride wasn't that far. It might've been two, three hours, give or take. Um, you do still need your passport unless you have an enhanced ID, I want to say. There's real ID and then there's the enhanced ID. I feel like the real ID is what you're going to need in order to do even domestic travel here in the United States. But the enhanced ID, I know I have an enhanced ID and I'm pretty sure I got it because it allows you to cross the border to Mexico and Canada without your passport. Um, I am the one that grabs the passports. So, um, I usually just grab both of our passports, even though I know I don't need to have my passport with me. It's just, I just grab them both. So, and then also in the off chance that they will stamp the passport, I get a little chuckle out of that and spoiler, they haven't stamped the passports either of the trips. We went to Montreal back in May and we just recently went to Toronto and neither trip had a stamp. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to remember if when I flew into, um, not necessarily, is it Alberta or I think I flew into Calgary. I don't know if they stamped my passport for that trip either, but neither here nor there. This time, um, and by neither here nor there, it doesn't matter if they stamped it, you do still need your passport or um, an enhanced ID, an enhanced license from one of the uh, 50 states to enter into Canada. Um, well, technically you're not. It's unless, of course, you are from Hawaii and driving from one of the, how do you pronounce it? Contiguous, contiguous, continuous, um, the United States, like the big map, not Alaska and Hawaii, right? Um, I would assume that if you have an Alaskan or Hawaiian ID and you're driving from Seattle, New York or whatever, that it should work. But again, rabbit holing, you got to have your fucking ID, whatever you need to get across the border, make sure you have it. Anyway, 
Toronto. So, um, okay. So we ended up the first night we got there. Let me start by going on a bit of a, um, not a tirade, but I hated the Airbnb. I will say I didn't pick it. I didn't choose it. Boyfriend chose the Airbnb. And mind you, we didn't book the Airbnb till like a few days before we left for the beginning of the trip. Um, definitely not more than like a week in advance. So that may have had something to do with it. It was wildly expensive for two nights and it's Toronto. I don't know if I was just unfamiliar with the prices for things in Toronto, but after the experience in, um, where did we say? Uh, I just said it Montreal. I wasn't expecting it to be as expensive. Plus boyfriend has spent a lot of time in Toronto years ago. So according to him, it was supposed to be wild fucking cheap. Well, the shit wasn't, it was the most expensive of all accommodations. And granted, we only booked the two, um, Detroit and Toronto because we ended up staying with family in Buffalo. But I think I spent like $500 for two nights. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up. Um, because I clearly feel very strongly about this. Let's see. Airbnb entering the app. Toronto scrolling get receipt damn this shit is small four hundred and sixty two dollars and ninety two cents two nights at one seventy two fifty eight a night was three forty five fifteen cleaning fee forty two dollars and nineteen cents service fee fifty four fucking dollars and sixty eight cents occupancy taxes and fees twenty dollars and ninety two cents total $462.94. Now, why do I detail that information for you? And here's why dolls. So one of the things that I don't appreciate about an Airbnb, especially when I book a, uh, what do you call them? Let me make sure that, uh, this chick actually was, does it say it here? Uh, let's see, because I'm trying to think of what the name is. Um, Maybe it'll list it here. I didn't do the um, show listing. Let me see if this. Okay, so it looks like that was Mia Culpa. She's doesn't look like she's a super host. 4.6932. I can't wait to review this one. Can't fucking wait to review. Um, I low-key was kind of waiting for them to give me my review first, just because I don't really have too much nice to say. Um, host about 32 review. Yeah, no, I'm, I was really trying to make sure that I wasn't wilding. So it looks like it really may not be a super host, but here's the thing. I don't want to hear from you unless you're just welcoming me and giving me the information that I need to, uh, actually get into the, the listing. I ended up having to reply to like two emails, messages from them before we got there. Um, 
hey, please confirm that you read the house rule. Like, here are the house rules. Please reply to confirm that you've read these. Okay. I get it. You want to make sure everybody knows no parties. Cool. Okay. So, hi. Here's another one. Hi. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Please, um, what do you call it? Um, what is your window? What What is your arrival window? Bitch, why does it fucking matter? Check out. Check in is after 4 p.m. or after 3 p.m. Why does it matter when I'm going to get there? I, I Like, I'm grown. I am on vacation. I am booking this listing um, with the preconceived idea that I'm a fucking adult and I'm going to get there when I get there. This is a building. It's a building. We are on... I'm looking at the pictures and at the pic from the pictures, I couldn't tell what floor we were on, but it's not like this is, um, a two family home or, you know, a you know, larger multifamily home where I might be disturbing, you know, smaller number of residents, or it's like a really loud entrance and there are only like six units in the building, whatever. It's a fucking building. It's a huge residential fucking building. I think there were maybe what, like well, oh, I want to say like 20 floors, but it might've actually been well over that. I'm not certain. Anyway, if you're telling me when check-in time is, it shouldn't matter when I get there, especially if this is not a cute, quaint little cottage or a little home, or you're not preparing something for me. So anyway, what is your check-in? What is your window of time that you think you're going to check in? I responded sometime after five. Like the room is supposed to be clean. Like I don't, that really, really initially annoyed the fuck out of me. I won't say it set me off, but it really annoyed me. Little like, mind your fucking business. I don't know what time I'm leaving my previous fucking destination. So I don't know what time I'm going to get there. Um, it's bad enough. You got to tell Canada what your ETA, like your estimated time of arrival to get to that border is going to be. Um, but you know, whatever. So that's the first thing that pissed me off. Well, actually the second thing, because that whole confirm that you've read the house rules thing, like I get it. So like I was trying to give a little grace. So we get there and it includes parking because pro tip, if you didn't hear last week or in a previous road trip episode, I suggest that if you are driving from someplace, get an accommodation or a listing, uh, Airbnb hotel, whatever, wherever you decide to say, get someplace that has parking included. This way, after your long ass drive, the last thing you are worried about is trying to navigate or figure out um, whether or not you can park on the street, how much street parking might be, um, alternate side parking. Like there are a lot of different regional norms to parking. For example, in Detroit, you're supposed to be about 20 feet from the corner. Like you're not supposed to park within 20 feet from the corner, which the hosts, uh, thankfully detail was like four of those sidewalk concrete slabs, like four of those slabs from the corner. Thank you. Cause otherwise I wouldn't have fucking known. We don't have that rule here in New York. If you can't park from a certain area, there's a fucking sign that says that. And don't go thinking that New York is doing us any fucking favors because the signage out here is wild confusing. Um, even those of us that have lived here, driven here, uh, our entire fucking lives, the shit's still fucking, it's confusing, but regardless of how long you've been here, it's it, a lot of times, 80% of the time, it doesn't make sense. 
That being said, I suggest getting an accommodation that has parking. So the accommodation that we did stay in, in Toronto did have parking, which I was, ex- I was very pleased with. So, um, boyfriend pulled up in front. I ran upstairs, grabbed the keys and came back down so that we could use the key because it has the, um, garage door opener to park in the building's parking garage. It told us where our spot was and sweet. Now, when I initially went in, I noticed it, but I didn't pay it any attention. I didn't pay it immediate attention because foolishly, I totally forgot that our vacation was the end of August so that we were creeping into September. And it had the dates on the listing that there was going to be no water in the building from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on a specific date. And it turned out that that specific date was the one full day that we were in the listing. I want to say it was like September 2nd or September 1st. I don't remember what day it was, but whatever day we were there for the whole day, like day after what could have been a 12 hour drive. It wasn't because we had just come from Detroit, but that's not the point. What could have been a really long fucking drive or coming in even just fucking late. There was no water on the next day. So the one day that we were supposed to sleep in late That was not an option if we wanted to wash our fucking asses. I happen to be a shower in the morning kind of girl. Even if I shower at night, I'm going to shower again in the morning. Um, That's just what makes me feel good. So it was quite disappointing to actually realize um, John's boyfriend for actually noticing that the date was like in the window that we were going to be there and not for two weeks in advance or a week in advance. Um, So there was going to be no water, nine to five. That means we would have to wake up first thing in the morning, eight o'clock, so that we could shower before we start the day. Um, So really annoyed because of all the fucking messages this chick sent. Not a single one of them was, hey, so heads up, there's not going to be any water in the listing. How about we discount a day? Or I'm so sorry about that. Maybe that will you know, um, impact your decision to stay at this location. All the fucking messages, that was not one of them. Even if it was after we booked, hey, I'm so sorry. Generally, I don't allow for cancellations. I just want to give you the option to cancel because I don't know why you're here. Maybe you're here for a recovery of some sort. Maybe you're here for something that is going to just be stressful by the very nature of what it is you are visiting my city for and not having water for that day. Or maybe you've got some medical, I don't fucking know. Could have been a lot of different things, right? Didn't hear a word from her about the listing. The listing itself was very fucking cold. Like it, is absolutely a business. And while neither this uh, listing or the one in Detroit had anything really personal, um, like there were no like family pictures or anything around either of the listings, but the first listing in Detroit still felt very comfortable, inviting, warm, and homey. This one did not. It was clean. Don't get me wrong. It was fucking clean. Uh, But... Even there were no decorations anywhere in the home except for in the living room area. It was a one bedroom. And mind you, the spot in Detroit was a fucking studio. So the area in Toronto only had like one, I think, three piece painting over the TV and might have had like some faux plants on the um, 
the TV stand, the glass table, like the coffee table in the living room. When I tell y'all I banged the fuck out of my knee, it is still bruised, like a bad bruise. Thank God it wasn't worse because I really, it's a glass fucking table. I could have really opened my shit up on there, but that was me. I wasn't really paying attention, but also glass table in an unfamiliar destination, but neither here nor there. That's not her fault. Um, but there was nothing about the place that felt warm, nothing but like glasses and bowls and shit like that. Um, no salt, no pepper, no ketchup, no, Hey, welcome to the home. Here's a bottle of water. There was absolutely nothing in there. It absolutely felt like a hotel room. It felt like a fucking business. And the additional pieces of this day that fucking annoyed me were there was a note in the house rules to wash the dishes, return them to the cabinet and clean the apartment before you left. Bitch, I'm paying a fucking cleaning fee. If I'm cleaning this shit, don't charge me for shit. Granted, it was a relatively low cleaning fee at what I said, what did I say? Like $42. So that might cover somebody coming in, washing the linens, putting new towels, cleaning the bathroom. I'm not I'm not moaning about the fucking cleaning fee. That was actually relatively low for someone to assumedly, assumedly, assumably, I think it's assumedly, I don't know what I would expect someone to clean the fucking accommodations, right? So I'm not giving them smoke about the fee. It's just, and mind you, I always wash the dishes. I always make sure that I leave the listing in as good condition as it was given to me. But what I do acknowledge is if we're rushing out or if something happens and we totally forgot that there was a glass or two, or there was a cup in the sink, um, like a fork or a knife or a spoon or something in the seat, the sink, a coffee mug or whatever, I would assume that if I'm paying for someone to clean this as opposed, and like, and when I say I'm paying for someone to clean this, as in this isn't attached to the um, the nightly fee. This isn't a part of the nightly listing, right? You list what you want. You list your cleaning fee, like whatever those parameters are for you. You put that information there. You choose those prices. I would assume. I know you choose the price for your accommodation because everybody's got a different price. The cleaning fee. I don't know if it is uh, a regional thing that is determined by your location, the size of the unit. I don't fucking know, but I would assume that it is something uh, that you choose or else everybody would have the same cleaning fee, right? So you are choosing that, but then have the fucking audacity to expect your guests to clean up. Now, it is something that I do because I was raised to leave things as I receive them. If I'm returning something that you let me use, I'm going to return it in the same condition. That's just me. So I get that not everybody does that, especially if I'm paying for a fee. But for you to specifically say that that is a rule for there fucking blows mine if you're charging someone to have them clean it. Additionally, another stipulation that I did not like, but again, I can consent to having the open enough mind to get why someone would say something, right? 
you're supposed to now send a photo of the keys in the microwave because that's where they left the keys for you. Like the door is unlocked. You just walk in and your keys are supposed to be in the microwave and that's how you get access to the parking garage and you can lock the door behind you on your way in and out. Um, so part of the checkout process is to send a picture of the keys in the microwave, like that you left the keys where they were requested to be left. And you have to do that by 11 p 11 a.m. sharp or you will be charged for a late checkout fee. That also pissed me the fuck off because in my possible haste to leave on time, a nigga might not take a fucking picture. That doesn't mean that I didn't leave on time, but because I didn't take a picture Now I am at risk for paying more. If I wasn't here when your cleaning person got here, my nigga, I'm checked out on time. Like, I don't see why that is a problem. If I am not here when someone else is in here to service the apartment or to check in after me or whatever you've got going on with the listing, then I'm on time. Now, if I'm rolling the dice and I decide to maybe check out later and somebody pops up, cool. I get that. But no, no, no of like a grace period, nothing. So I would never recommend anybody stay there just because the whole energy of the place, the whole experience of booking with her was the least easeful and the one of all, and I've booked quite my share of Airbnbs myself. And I've also stayed in Airbnbs that boyfriend has booked. So we have had our share of Airbnbs. I would like to say that I am thoroughly experienced in staying with Airbnbs, um, staying in Airbnbs. And this was by far the, um, the most unsettling, uncomfortable one that I've been in. And I have absolutely dealt with fucking language barriers in multiple countries and never have I felt so just off about a listing. So I would never suggest anybody stay here. The water not being an issue, not hearing anything from them about it. Now, granted, I did not, and this might bite me in the ass because I intend to reach out to Airbnb support and let them know that this um, host doesn't notify, um, guess if you will, about building maintenance, like something as important as water. I feel like that should be communicated to your guests. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to do that just because like something, something really just felt off and I'm a big proponent of energy. And I feel like if, if, Say you're reading exact prose, exact text from two different authors, or you're watching or listening to two different, just, it could be the same thing from two different people. Somehow each one is going to be different because whomever is in charge of projecting said information is going to impart their energy in that information. I truly believe that. And as many things about this that were in accordance or in line with what was advertised, the whole experience of it, the whole energy of it was fucking off. And it is one of those things that I sadly get why people can have like a stay like this and feel like Airbnb is for the birds. Um, You know, I really feel as if this, if this were 
further or closer to the beginning of my Airbnb experience, I wouldn't do it again. And this is my beef with people who make Airbnb a fucking business is that you are basically charging and you're, you're just a hotel at this point. You're just a fucking hotel. Even the hotel though has people that greet you, smile at you and tell you, if you need something, let me know. I can pick up the phone when I'm staying at a hotel and tell someone, hi, I'd like another uh, set of towels or I would like extra cups or I don't know. I'm not sure how to work the fucking thermostat on the wall. Can you give me some step-by-step guides and tell me what the fuck I'm doing wrong? If this is what I wanted, I would have stayed at a fucking hotel. So I, um, yeah, can't wait to have the, uh, space, both time and mentality to start typing, uh, because, yeah, that, that is, that was a terrible experience for me. Um, so sorry, don't have any recommendations for any place to fucking stay in Toronto. That aside, we had a good ass fucking time. And a lot of it was us just being us together walking. Um, here we go. We started by walking through also, um, if it is your thing, recreational marijuana is very legal there. So that is uh, across all of Canada. So if that's your bag, is it Canada? So we walked through um, a local park. I do not remember the name of it, but we ended up going to House of Gourmet. This is boyfriend's favorite Chinese food spot. I don't remember if he said it was globally, like in general, this is his favorite Chinese uh, spot, or if it was just in Canada, Toronto. Um, like I said earlier, he had spent a lot of time in Toronto. His ex lived in Toronto, so he would go visit her and he actually started to, uh, at that time look for work to move to Toronto. So he almost moved to Toronto. Um, I almost moved to new Orleans, a little factoid about me. I almost moved to new Orleans for a nigga. And I'm so glad that I did not. And I'm also glad that he did not move to Toronto because now look at us happens. My man fine too. So if you curious, I want to be in my business, head over to the Instagrams, travel and shit. T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H underscore T. Um, right. So we ended up going to House of Gourmet, which I would say the shit was good. The hot and spicy or the hot and sour soup, which is, I always fuck that up. Hot and sour. Even when I call my Chinese restaurant, I love the one by my house because they are very fucking nice. Whenever I call... And I really want to shout them out, but I also don't need y'all in my business knowing where I live. But actually, I feel like mad Chinese restaurants have the same fucking name. But anyway, y'all need to know anyway. But at the Chinese restaurant by my house that I order from, I appreciate when I call and I, because anywhere I call when someone picks up, I say, good afternoon. How are you today? And I fucking pause. I ask. I, I work in customer service for the most part. I understand what it's like to be the person on the line that's answering customer service calls or just answering customer needs. And I've always appreciated when someone was just like, Hey, how you doing today? You good? How was your day doing? Yeah. Happy Tuesday, girl. At least it's not Monday. Right. And then get into what they want. Fucking pleasantries. So that's what I love about my Chinese restaurant and the food is good, but I always, always, always appreciate the customer service because whenever I call and ask, hi, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Like, how are you today? Like, you know, what's going on? Like, how are you? 
thank you. I'm, I'm doing well also. Um, I want to place an order for delivery. Sure. Can you confirm your phone number or whatever? You know what I mean? I, I get that it's not everybody's bag, but I love when that is given to me, especially if I'm leading with kindness, right? So the food was good. We ended up getting the hot and sour soup. And I would say that if you do holla at um, House of Gourmet, that you should order, um, if it's just two of you or one of you, it's basically family style. Like the portions are fucking huge. Mammoth. Um, I don't remember what the hell we got. We ended up getting probably like spring rolls and then we got like an order. Oh, I know what we got. We got, um, similar to like Singapore, my phone. That shit is mad good. So we got that. We split it. Thankfully we didn't order separate portions of different things because there's no way we would have been able to finish it. And the walk was pretty substantial. I'd say it was about a 30 minute, 45 minute walk or so. Um, even at night, which I didn't mind because Toronto, I haven't been to Toronto. Oh, another fun fact. Toronto was the one place that I visited out of the country as a kid. So this was the first time that I had revisited Toronto since I was maybe 12 or so. Um, we went to Grand Canyon and we were there for part of Carnival back whenever I was 12-ish, around that time. And other than that, I'd never left the country. And I very much so was looking forward to revisiting and um, can't say I am like in love with Toronto. Um, Not someplace that I'm like, itching to go back to and we were in the heart of downtown so it's not like we were on the outskirts outskirts and didn't get to really like get into all the oomphs and the fun and stuff well we didn't do the oomphs because that's not what we do um but we ended up um enjoying the food at the chinese spot we also tried a new beer it was and this is another reason why i like asking for recommendations because i was asking the our waitress and I was just like, do you drink beer? And she was just like, she did a cute little <laughs> little giggle. And she was just like, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, well, what you drink, girl? Because I was going to ask for something else. And she was just like, well, honestly, I like this one better. And she recommended the um, Sing Tao beer. That shit was mad good. It kind of says like a Heineken, but like a little, a little bit more rich, palatable. It was just mad good. I enjoyed it, so. Chinese was great that first night. All we did was walk around. We saw the, I keep wanting to say the Seattle Needle, the, um, I think it's the uh, CN Tower, some shit like that. But we honestly, over the course of those two days, we saw that thing from every angle possible. And another disappointing thing about the fucking uh, Airbnb listing was there was a, there was a balcony. There was a terrace with nothing on it, just a concrete slab, like, you have a terrace. And mind you, in terms of like seating, there were only like two stools that were movable that we can take from inside and put outside. A bitch can't have coffee outside. You don't got no little table. You don't have no little chairs. Nothing. Nothing. You could have put something, you know, out there that can easily get wet or I don't know, between listings, you bring it in, whatever. Like, 
I don't think I have been to any listing that has had outdoor space and not accommodated the outdoor space to be fit for use. It was baffling to me. But what was cool was we could see the um the needle the um the CN tower from the balcony granted it was kind of blocked a good portion of it due to like new construction uh they were working on building like two buildings from what we can see um so that kind of sucked a little bit but at the same time it was still a pretty decent view you could see some areas of the city and you could see part like a uh, half of the tower from where we were um so cute right so we ended up just walking around and just like enjoying the night, trying to get a feel. We got in there pretty late and we didn't really do too much else the first day. Um, day two, since we had to be up at the crack of fucking dawn and by the crack of dawn, I mean eight o'clock in the morning, but this was supposed to be the day that we could sleep late. So I was very disappointed that after driving, uh, all the way there, my man couldn't rest the way he wanted to. But whatever. So we woke up at eight, hopped in the shower, got, you know, got ourselves together. And we said, let's just run outside and get a cup of coffee because I don't even know if there was a coffee machine in the room, but it might, I mean, it might've been, but I don't think that there was, I don't think they even had coffee in there if they did have a coffee machine. So it's just like little things like that, right? Like the first place that we stayed at had fresh ass coffee beans. There were a couple of beans in the coffee grinder thing already. Like we were accommodated for, we were taken care of as if we were welcome there. It's kind of like one of those things where you don't really want somebody to come. So like when you have them pull up, you're just like, oh, well, there's the airbed. Like you can blow that up when you're ready. Why wouldn't you have the airbed blown up for me already? You know what I mean? Just like, or why wouldn't you offer to do the airbed? You know what I'm saying? Like hosting things. Anyway, it was, you know, it was what it was. So we got up early and we ended up walking to Tim Hortons, grab some coffee. And we were supposed to come back so that I could record the podcast. But it was like, you know what? We're really up early. I'm a little frustrated about it. And the weather is perfect. It's nice and cool. Let's just go for a walk. So we started walking. We kind of didn't stop. Um, We walked all fucking day. I think we walked like eight and a half miles that day. Um, my shins, not my calves, my shins were burning for like two, three days after I stand on my feet. I stand for work. And I thought that I was going to be in so much pain by the time I went back in today. Thankfully the pain subsided yesterday, but the kid was worried. But we walked so much that day and we had such a good fucking time. So we walked and walked and walked and we ended up going to St. Lawrence Market. It was similar to Jean Talon that was in Montreal, but this one was indoors. There weren't any, um, I guess you could say stores or businesses that were necessarily affiliated with the market that were outside. This was all interior. They had nice, um, outdoor seating in some, on one side of it. I don't know if it was on, it might've been on multiple sides of it, but it was a lot of, it was a relatively large space. So we went to St. Lawrence, uh, walked around. It's mostly dry goods, like, um, nuts and dried fruits. Um, but they also have 
meat sections. They've got seafood. Like you're basically going here for food. We didn't see too many like housewares and not too many plants or flowers or anything of the sort, but the food was optional, optional, option. When I tell you I saw the best, the absolute best spread of raw seafoods I've ever seen. When I tell you the coloring and the size of all, all of their items was fucking divine. Such a joy to actually see. And sadly, it's like we weren't cooking at the spot because if we were, or if we were closer to home, we would have bought mad shit and just brought it home. If we had the, um, if we even had like the bread, the money to just be like, I want to order one of fucking everything, ship it to my address or like ship it to my parents' house. I'll get there and get it from them when I get there. Anything like it was gorgeous. Like everything looked so, so, and this is like raw fish, raw scallops, raw salmon, raw tuna steaks, raw shrimp like all of it looked so good you also had butcher stands where they had like great cuts of meat like it looked so good so so good like better than you know i don't know what y'all food options look like but the options over by us aren't the greatest not to say that they look like utter shit all the time but like it's not when you see really good quality meats and produce and just when you see really good quality food options it absolutely stands out as something that you can recognize you're not necessarily um I don't want to say used to seeing because it's not like I never seen good options but it's just damn I wish this was at my disposal all the time. I wish I didn't have to go out of my way. I think that's more what it is. I wish I didn't have to go out of my way to get such good cuts. I would have to go out of my way to get great quality meats and seafoods. My local sea town, my local ideal and food world and key food associate, all of that, it ain't looking like that. So I wish that I could just pull up and get the kind of shit that we saw that day. So I Definitely want to highlight that about St. Lawrence Market. Everything was fucking beautiful. Uh, we also got food there. So there are plenty of like little food stands and places where you can pop in and get some um, shit to eat. I ended up getting, if you haven't guessed already, my fave, salmon bagel with cream cheese. I don't think this one had capers. I love it with capers, um, but my bagel was good. And it was cute because there was this white lady that was walking by and like, she's walking by, but her eyes are still on me and she walks by and like, I noticed her, I might've given her like the, but I ain't stopped eating. And then she comes back and she's like, I'm sorry, where did you get that? That, and she was like, that looks so good. And I'm just like, girl, right there, get at it. It's very good. Get you, get, go ahead and order it. Like two, if you need to, please do. So I enjoyed mine. Then boyfriend got what is called a uh, pea meal sandwich. Was new to me. And it is Canadian bacon with like a pea meal kind of, I guess it's mixed with cornmeal or some shit like that. But it's on, was it a bagel or a sandwich? I don't freaking know. I tried it. It was good. But can't say it was something that I would like seek out for myself again. I love ham steaks. I love ham. I won't 
say that I don't like Canadian bacon, but I will say I prefer thick or thin. Like I'd rather like Christmas ham, Easter ham, like, you know, like the, the pre-cut ham that comes with that glaze that you just throw in the oven. It's already cooked. There ain't really that much work to do. I would prefer that kind of ham. Um, similarly to a ham steak, which is basically the same as like, you know, freshly sliced quarter inch ham. Um, or just like ham that you would put on ham and cheese. Like that middle ground is just kind of like, I don't know. You're giving me like thick turkey or something. I don't know. It's just a mental thing that I have. Um, after St. Lawrence Market, we ended up just walking down to the water. We weren't that far, but it was far enough because again, we spent the entire day walking. And we walked down and literally sat and watched the birds. Like there were a ton of seagulls. We people watched also. It was nice to look out at the water. Again, another viewpoint, another vantage point of that CN Tower. And we watched the seagulls fight over an apple. Like it 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 was its own fucking comedy. The way like they kind of ganged up on each other. It was a good time. Trump, I promise you, trust me, it wasn't us being weird we were literally just like entertained by the fucking seagulls after that little stint there was actually um i guess you could say an alehouse a restaurant right by where we stand right by where we were so we walked down there and we ended up just grabbing some um did we get wings no i think we got fries and um i wrote it down walked down some well, I guess I didn't. Oh yeah, we I did. Flights and fries. We ended up just trying uh two different uh flights. What's cool is they have like a chef's tasting, if you will, like the bartender's choice. And then there's like an IPA and then like an ale and pilsner option. So we did the the bartender's choice and then we did the IPA flight and we got some fries. So the food was good. Service was really cute. You know, you just all we got was flights and fries. You don't really need to check in that many times. Y'all good? You need anything else? Cool. Leave us alone. So it was beautiful weather. It was really nice to sit and do that. Um, there was a thrift stop that I, a thrift stop, a thrift shop that I stopped in on the way back. I picked out a really cute shirt for boyfriend that I bought him. Um, can't wait to wash that so I can see how it looks on him. But that was cute. Um, the store was really nice. There are a lot of little shops. Mind you, where we were in that area, like near St. Lawrence Market, it's, you're basically, I don't want to say Soho in terms of like the types of stores, but Soho or um, any real main avenue of stores, like all there are are stores. Madison, Fifth Ave, um, fucking Fulton. Uh, Jamaica Avenue, like I'm the gamut here. I wasn't paying attention to, um, cause I wasn't interested in buying anything, honestly. But if I see a thrift store or a vintage shop, consignment shop, I'm a pop it. Uh, so did find one, went in there, checked out some things, got him a shirt. Um, but overall tons of shit to do in the area, tons of stuff. We were basically in the downtown area all the stores, um, actually more stores than bars and restaurants. Some areas, I feel as if closer to residential areas, you'll find, uh, more bars and restaurants. And then more in central business districts, you will find, um, shops and stores. So in this case, it was all stores. Yes, there were restaurants, but 
predominantly places to well spend your money at restaurants but purchase goods uh, let's see what else we got on here and i don't know if i mentioned that the spot we went to eat for the flights and fries was called amsterdam ale house next we oh we walked down past rogers center which is the home of the blue jays i just got into baseball boyfriend is a very big mets fan um he actually played baseball for a long time not professional or even semi-pro, but he played all through, I want to say probably elementary and high school and played, um, in like local leagues in college and shit. So baseball, he loves it. I started watching it with him and quite as it's kept, I don't hate it. I kind of enjoy baseball now. Actually went to my first game with my family. My brother has come with me to baseball games before. But this was the first time that I went with my mom and my dad and my brother. Well, not this time, but um, for my birthday in August, uh, the week after, like the day before my birthday, boyfriend and boyfriend's brother and I, we all went to um, a Met game. And then that following, um, like towards the end of the week, uh, maybe a couple of days after my birthday, there was another game. And so my parents and my brother and boyfriend came to that game. So that was a really fun experience. Um, and what was wild is we didn't grow up a sports house. Like my parents didn't watch no fucking sports. It was after my brother went away to college. He went to uh, Penn State and they got the whole football team. So they got into him and my grandparents, and my parents. They would all just watch the Penn State games together. And I guess that started a, a thing where they would just... You know, since it was further away, my brother was further away from school, they can kind of bond over watching the games together. That's my assumption of how it worked, how it happened, because I don't know how the fuck niggas en- ended up getting into baseball. Ma, I know you watch all this, all the podcasts and listen to all of this, so you could let me know. Um, but I'm on the Blue Jays, so it was cool to pass by that. And um, really, just that CN Tower, just for me, just, oh, there it is. Let's get a picture from this angle. I took a ton of pictures around that fucking tower. Um, so that was fun for me. Um, we ended up stopping for a gelato on the way back. Um, I'm very easy. If I see someone else with ice cream or gelato or sorbet or one of the things, it's like, Ooh, it had to be close. I want some. So we ended up just finding it and we actually walked into another store and asked them, Hey, so ice cream, where would you get some from around here? And we got directed to um, a cute little uh, hole in the wall. And by hole in the wall, I mean the shit might've been like six feet by 12 feet deep. It was literally like one of those little pockets where they put just the ice cream stand. So that was good. That was nice. Enjoyed it. And then after walking around all freaking day, we went back home to um, take a nap And then we ended up having dinner reservations at a spot called Pink Sky. So back in Miami, boyfriend took me to this spot called Biblos. Loved it. So one of the things that we kind of enjoy doing is restaurants that we like. We will try to go to different locations. I want to say around the world that they have. So we went to, what was it? Um, Biblos in Miami and what was Cuba Libre. We went to the Cuba Libre in Atlantic City. We went to the Cuba Libre in DC. And I feel like we might've gone to one 
other, but maybe not. But we've gone to two different Cuba Libre locations, and this was supposed to be the second time we went to a Biblos location. We were really looking forward to it, but unfortunately, the day before, they ended up calling us and telling us that there was a pipe that had burst. Unfortunately, they can't hold, you know, they can't adhere to the accommodations, uh, the reservations, excuse me, that we had made. But they offered to book us at a number of different sister restaurants. And we ended up choosing the seafood option, which was Pink Sky. So we got to Pink Sky and we were so fucking hungry that like we, I didn't take no pictures. We ended up leaving when we left um, after the meal. And I realized, oh, we didn't take no pictures. And the place was so fucking cute. It was such a nice, it was a really, really nice ambiance, nice look. Service was all right. It wasn't like anything really to write home about. And I am a stickler for customer service because I'm very easy. I feel like if you just smile and make me feel like you want me to be here, you engage with me. Like, I don't know. I feel as I work in customer service. So that matters to me. Um, But the young lady was not rude. She wasn't nasty. She wasn't dismissive. It just didn't give me, you know, top tier service. I'm one of those people. Um, but the food was good. I ended up getting the scallops with corn and like a corn and bacon. I guess that would make it like a succotash or something like that. I don't, I'm not the food one, but it was like a corn and bacon kind of base and then scallops on top. That shit was so good. Like really good. Really, really good. We all, uh, boyfriend got the fried seafood platter, which was also good. He loved his meal. I was caught up in mine, not to be worried about his. Uh, we ended up getting an order of oysters, which I didn't even remember that we had until he reminded me. So that means they were just okay. I also remember that what we were going to do, they had an option where you can do the oysters with caviar. And I was going to get us an order of those, but. It was just one of those things where it was just like the oysters themselves weren't really anything that I felt like compelled to do more of, which sadly, I mean, I love oysters. I love, love oysters. Nothing compares to the oysters that we had in Portland, Maine. The shop hands down has it. And I've had oysters at a lot of different places. I work in lower Manhattan. We got a lot of oyster places and I've been to quite a few. None of them are fucking with Portland. Those were so fucking good. So they were okay. After Pink Sky, we ended up walking to the strip club. We went to a brass rail. So I mentioned last week that in hindsight, I really wish that we didn't. Not because we don't like strip clubs, but because it would have been much better in Detroit. Um, we didn't really put thought into Canada doesn't have singles, traditional dollar bills as singles. Uh, the smallest paper denomination is a $5 bill. The, they've got like, I think a $2 coin and a $1 coin. And, um, you're not really putting coins in somebody's G string or bra. You're not throwing coins on the stage. So I wish we would have thought about that and we would have put two and two together and then gone to the strip club in Detroit probably. But, um, that was a little disappointing, but, um, yeah, I, 
it's it's not the same. So strip club strip club culture in Toronto. It felt if you watch P Valley, this is gonna make sense to you. All the dancers were autumn. So they do the whole, you know, the cute little wind and the shimmy and the backspin. I could have been a stripper in fucking Toronto. I could have been a stripper in Toronto and I wouldn't have had to do any pole tricks. I wouldn't have had to perform. There was no performance value. The girls weren't dancing. They weren't trying to get your attention. And there was only one girl on one stage at any time. The rest of the girls kind of walked around. You kind of didn't see too many of them on the floor. And it, I think we didn't get there till like 11, 12 o'clock anyway. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. Um, one woman uh, was really sweet. She came over and she chatted it up a bit with us. Ended up giving her $5 for like four minutes of conversation. Um, then another young lady, we ended up, there were two floors. Upstairs is a VIP, which is a $20 entrance. And we immediately paid that without even like, all right, well, we didn't look downstairs. We didn't see our options. We just know that if something is accessible to us like a VIP and by accessible, it's 20 fucking dollars. Of course I'm going to give you $20. Cause even in the conversion, what is it like? I don't know, maybe 17, $15 of American money. So that wasn't even like a concern. We're thinking, all right, well, so we could sit down. We might have, I don't know, better looking girls or better service. We were expecting that upstairs would have, you know, paying a cover would have made a fucking difference. I will say that the bouncers were mad nice and the waitresses were very nice. Like the staff that was there other than the strippers were more engaging than the actual strippers. Um, ended up going downstairs for a while, got some beers. We sat down again, still downstairs, kind of dry. There's one girl on the, on the stage and they get fully nude. If that makes a difference to you in Toronto. And it was kind of like, okay, but there's no pole work. There's no, there's no real dancing. You know what I mean? Like not saying I need choreography, but there's no performance value. And, uh, one of the young ladies downstairs came over and was just like, yeah, something, something, something. Um, it's like 300 or 400 a piece for like three songs in the champagne room. And you know, some people tip the girls when they get inside and was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, silence, because, no, bitch, I'm not giving you no $300. Of course not. I, I'm i not that interested in you, for one. I'm a pretty girl, I think. Nice body, but it was dark, you know, I guess. And also, I just, like, I don't know. The energy wasn't there for me. It just wasn't. And so it was kind of like... um Okay, so I, why do any of y'all, if that's the case, why are any of you here? Why are any of you here if your money is contingent on someone coming in with three or $400 and the off chance of them wanting a private dance from you? That just seems like a backwards hustle, but that's me. She then went to explain, yeah, it's a little slow. Everybody, it's, you know, it's back to school time. It's Labor Day weekend. All the guys are home with their wives and their kids, getting everybody ready for school. And, you know, you're not really here. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. But at the same time, it's just like you would think, Labor Day weekend, it's a long weekend before the kids go back to school. So maybe you go out and have a good time. But again, 
cultural differences. I don't know if that's a Canada thing, but I could see her point. If your normal clientele is niggas that's paying three, $400, I would assume that they are doing well for themselves and maybe have a more established and grounded life so that they do have kids and a wife. I don't know. Don't know. Don't fucking care. We ended up going back upstairs. Mind you, we were only there for like between upstairs, downstairs, the whole time we were only there for like an hour. We ended up going back upstairs and another young lady came over to us and she was kind of like, uh, yeah, so do you want to dance? And I was just like, well, how much? And she was just like, oh, it's $20 a person, um, per song or something like that. And I was just like, if I were interested in her in particular, it would have been an easy yes. Okay. We'll give you $40 for a VIP. Let's fucking go. But that wasn't presented as an option. Like even if the first girl had came over and asked, Hey, would you like a dance? We only do dances in VIP. It didn't look like any of the girls did dances like on the floor. It looked like if you're going to do a lap dance that it's in like a VIP booth or whatever. But yeah. And I used to work at a strip club. I was a bartender for almost 10 years at a fucking strip club. So I feel as if I'm pretty up to date or pretty not up to date because last time I was working there was Heish. Did I work there after? I, I think I did work there after I graduated. When did taste close? I think they closed in like 2014, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while y'all, but I did my time and I would like to think that I am pretty in tune with strip club, strip club culture. But again, that's New York. We're in Toronto. We ain't home. Another pro tip, just cause things work a certain way at home doesn't mean that you should necessarily expect the same when you go elsewhere. So always, you know, tailor your expectations and, you know, like, and by tailor your expectations, I say that while sounding like I didn't, but at the same time, this is me just expressing my, oh, that was whack. I wish we'd done something differently. Not saying that I expected necessarily everything to be the same, but I will say that I was caught, I was caught off guard, but that was my own fault. We should have considered the no singles thing. So anyway, um, thankfully we didn't spend that much money. Uh, we'd only broke like $40 in cash. Uh, I mean, we broke $40 into fives um, and said, well, let's see how it goes before we go fuck around and get, we don't need a hundred dollars cause we're not Canadian. We're leaving tomorrow. So that was a really good decision that we made, but overall, where's the mouse? I hate this mouse. Here we go. Scrolling down. Decent time. It was called the brass rail. So Americans can't say that I would really recommend going there. My personal take. Let's see. Dallas was a good time at the strip club. Dallas was a good time. I'm wishing that we had gone to um, the club in Detroit. Also, it was a far walk. It was about an hour. We ended up taking um, an Uber back. And while the walk was like 45 minutes to an hour, the Uber was like $11. And that was in Canadian money. So it probably was like seven American dollars and like a 10 minute drive, maybe 15 minutes max. So that was at least, you know, a nice little consolation to the end of the night. Like, I didn't really go the way you wanted it to, but at least you're going to get home quickly and safely. 
So that was the strip club. Um, Friday, the last day that we were in Toronto, we got up early for brunch. Not early, but after checkout because we had to put the motherfucking keysy keys and send a picture by eleven o'clock. Still, still pisses me off. We ended up going to brunch at a spot called Sisters and Co. And it was in the Trinity Bellwoods area. It looks like one of those places that they shut down after. I feel like it's just a breakfast spot for some reason, because we ended up walking further down the block to ADC, which is a black owned vintage shop. I followed her on IG. Her name is Danielle. Beautiful girl. Really cute shop. Nice stuff. Um, and it is, I won't say it's not like a Goodwill thrift shop where shit is like $7, $6. Most of the stuff that was there was like 25 and better. Some pieces were like, you know, on the higher end, but nice stuff though. Very nice stuff. Um, and really sweet girl. We, I will put her IG in the description that was a couple storefronts up. And what was wild was I was sitting there waiting for the food and I saw a black woman walk out with the sign. And I was just like, oh, she black. All right, we'll go visit. I didn't know if it was her shop or if she just worked there. I saw a sister and I was just like, let me go see if I can support her. So we went down there. It turns out it's her shop. It's a nice little um, two-story. And by two-story, I mean, she kind of like has like a little mezzanine. It's not like you go up like an elevator or a grand flight of stairs or anything. It's about five or six steps up and it's like a second um, second floor little mezzanine that has more items upstairs. And it looks like she does some customizing or like tailoring pieces because I did see like a sewing machine and uh, fabric and clothes in the back, but I'm not certain of that. And she does ship online. So I will put that in the description block. But the um, restaurant that we went to for the brunch was good. I enjoyed my food. I think I probably got another salmon bagel or like salmon on, uh, I think I got poached eggs with salmon and, um, I'm easy. That's generally what I'm going to go for in the, um, in the mornings, unless it's, uh, a really good omelet spot, but that was good. We enjoyed, you know, some coffee and ended up just going for a walk afterwards in, Trinity Bellwoods Park. And we kind of like sat, just talked. We, it, I mean, we really enjoy each other's company. And that's one thing that I will pro tip, tell you, enjoy your travel partner's company. Like don't travel with someone that you are tempted in terms of agreements or like you kind of get along with. Deal with that home when you could just be like, check this out, fuck you, I'm leaving. It's not always easy to do that when you're traveling with somebody because if you decide to part ways while you are abroad or on your trip, even if abroad is like two states over, I would assume that you traveled to get there together. So it's likely that you're going to travel back home together. So while if things kind of like go left while you guys are together, like away, you still got to get back. So I would definitely consider how well you get along with the person that you're traveling with. Um, after brunch, we made our way to the next stop, which was going to be Buffalo. But first we stopped in Niagara Falls. We stopped on the Canada side. It was gorgeous. Another pro tip, park closer to the front. So it's basically a tourist fucking bubble. 
there are, it's like you're driving into a tourist destination, like surrounded by tourist trap and tourist necessities, if you will, a bunch of motels, but all you can eat buffets. It was, uh, there were casinos in the area. And then there were also a lot of other like things to do. So it's a very bustling mini city, but it's one of those little cities that, you know, nobody fucking lives in. This is just businesses and services for people that are coming to visit this location, coming to visit this destination. So you're at least the way that we came in, we passed by quite a few little parking garages, but we had put on our map, like Niagara Falls looking point or lookout point or whatever. So we just kept driving past and we ended up going to, I want to say was like the last parking lot It's right by the power plant. It's 30 fucking dollars. $30 to park there, not for like access to the power plant, but just like to park at that point. So yeah, we ended up seeing, and it's all day. So once you're in there, like it is what it is. Like that is your, you've paid it for the day. You can stay as long as you would like. We maybe stayed for like 30 minutes, maybe 45. So $30 was a bit much just to leave the car there especially when we noticed on the way out that parking closest to the entrance was 15 fucking dollars. And that was by, um, the casinos and some of the other, um, I guess you could say activities and shit to do towards the front of, I don't want to say the park, but like the, the road that you go down to, you know, and you're driving along Niagara Falls, like as you're watching. So it's like tons of people you're watching, like walk closer to the falls and it's a really nicely manicured. It's, oh, and by nicely manicured, the, the, not the shrubbery, but the flowers that they use, absolutely gorgeous. They're beautiful, beautiful. And you could tell that they were specifically chosen to accommodate for like the change of seasons. It was so nice. So like, mm, love a good curb appeal. So all that was there, park in the front with it's $15 and not fucking $30 to just leave your fucking car. But there's a ton of stuff to do. I think I saw like a butterfly sanctuary, um, like in terms of signage, cause you know, you have like the signs that point here, point here, this is there, this is that way. I saw like butterfly something and we weren't interested in doing any of that. So I did not pay attention to all those options that were being offered, but there's tons of stuff to do. Um, kids would love it as well. Like I promise that there's gotta be something for kids to get into. Um, I actually went to Niagara Falls as a kid. That was part of the trip that I took when I was about 12 or so. And I will never forget grandma, 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 not my blood grandma, but, um, my grandmother's best friend, and my mom's best friend's mother, so my grandma, Grandma McKetney, she pretended that she was pushing me. And that's terrified me. It terrified me as a kid because I had stepped up to look at it and it was just like, whoa. And of course, it seemed so huge. As a kid, Niagara Falls was the biggest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it was just so grandiose and scary and powerful. And she pretended to push me in. To this day, I still fear that little bit of uh, fear, RIP Graham, but you know, girl, haven't let it go. But it seemed so much smaller as an adult. Also, cause I ain't seen shit when I was a kid and I saw that. Now that I've seen larger bodies of water, now that I've seen taller and 
bigger waterfalls. And now that I've just had a chance to see more, it did not seem as big. So it was really cool to kind of see something as an adult that I had experienced as a child, kind of similar to um, my grandparents' timeshare. Now my parents' timeshare out at Brigantine. I'm pretty sure I did an episode on that. It's right on the beach. We always stayed in the exact same room every single year that we went to. And I went every single year until I was about 16. So I was very familiar with everything there. And it hadn't changed. We went there last summer and it was so disappointing to me. And seeing things as an adult that were once really big and great as a kid sometimes can be quite disappointing. So if that is something that is on your list, prepare yourself for that in advance. So quite disappointed, uh, not disappointed. We had a great time at Niagara Falls. Views were beautiful. It was tons of people, but you'll be able to find yourself right to the, um, to the rail. You can take really great pictures. There's a big visitor center with like food and bathrooms and all that other kind of jazz and touristy tchotchkes and shirts and sweaters and mugs and you know, all the stuff that you buy. So, um, Niagara Falls was really nice, but be, um, be aware that there is, it, it's, a, an entire, um, tourist trap, if you will. There's some, there's any which way you look, there's something for you to spend money on. Uh, so mental note that after Niagara Falls, because that was part of our drive back to the States, we ended up stopping in Buffalo Thank you, thank you, thank you to Yessie and Alondra. Yessie is boyfriend's cousin, and she so graciously opened her home along with her roommate, Alana, to us to stay with them for the night. So they are in North Buffalo, and I want to say they weren't even an hour from Niagara Falls. So it was really nice. They live over by um, Hertel Avenue. There's a ton of shit down there to do. Tons, tons, tons of stuff. And by tons, I mean, it's like, it gave me like small town area, if you will. It was a main strip of a bunch of restaurants, bars, and mostly restaurants that had bars, but restaurants and shops. One in particular was really cute. Uh, Queen City Vintage. That was nice. Um, I just didn't really have shopping in me, so I didn't spend that much time there. They got a lot of sports memorabilia and shit in there, so that was cool. Um, but we ended up eating at Lloyd Taco Factory, mad good. And the young man at the register reminded me of somebody. I couldn't place who he reminded me of, but he reminded me of somebody. And so I tipped him pretty well for just taking the order at the register. Um, but he was really kind. And then we had really good drinks there. The tacos were mad good. The tacos were so, so good from there. So if you're in the area, definitely check them out. We also, the next day, um, after we got the tacos, we all got a drink and then we went back to the house. We kind of just sat and talked for a while. And then we went to bed because we knew that we were supposed to be getting up relatively early to go to the Buffalo Wing Fest. So we ended up going to sleep. And then the next day, we woke up with the intentions of going to the Buffalo Wing Fest, but we ended up just shooting the shit and kicking it with Yessie. We ended up just sitting there and talking. And so she had to go because she had already made plans to go to like a fight party or like a watching something, whatever. So it's like five o'clock and we hadn't left the house yet. So it was just like, here are our options. We can go spend like $70, $80 at the Buffalo Wing Fest because it was $20 admission and then you per person. 
And then we still had to like buy tickets so that we could buy the wings. This man could eat. He could fucking eat. So between what he would need to be satiated and what I would need to be satiated because a bitch loves wings. It was just like, do we want to spend that much money to be there for this amount of time just to hit the road to go back home? It was just kind of like, so on the one side, I'm a little sad that I didn't get to do the Buffalo wing experience, especially considering this was the linchpin in the trip that I was most looking forward to. But we ended up, because boyfriend is really the best at food options, he said, these are our options. We can do the Buffalo wing fest if you want. Or I know you're hungry right now. Cause mind you, it was at this point five o'clock and we hadn't eaten yet. We had coffee, we had fruit, but we hadn't had anything really substantial until then. So he was like, we can go eat right now. There's a spot up the block, really good reviews. They got oysters and we like fucking oysters. So we did it. We went to Steve's clam bar. Shout out to our server, Tom. He actually reminds me of a coworker that I had older white guy, I mean, and one thing about Steve's is like, it's very fucking relaxed. Um, what's interesting about it is that it is also at the same spot as a, so they have a bar, but the two aren't the same. So Steve's clam bar has a bar, but the bar isn't Steve clam, Steve's clam bar. If that makes sense. It's kind of like Steve has a clam bar. Jen has a bar. Steve and Jen like work out of the same storefront. So you walk up to the bar and you're like, oh yeah, sure. Well, we don't, we're just the bar. We're not the food. So just have a seat. And Tom, he just got here, the server, he'll be around there to get it. Oh, white guy. This is going to sound really judgy, but I'm trying to paint a picture here. Look just like an old drunk. And that's really what reminded me of my coworker because he actually is an old white guy drunk, but mad cool. And so was this Tom and they're both named Tom and he was very relaxed. He just had on some like denim shorts and like a gray t-shirt. No Steve's hi, my name is Tom. No name tag, no nothing. Just, it looked like a guy off the street that was just like, Hey, well, I'll, I'll do it. I'm here. So Tom was our server. Man, cool. Really laid back. Um, the clams came out on a plastic plate, like a plastic Dixie plate. Um, I was super fucking pissed about the shrimp that we paid $16 for because we were supposed to get Cajun shrimp and it was frozen shrimp with like Obey on it for $16. Um, so I know what frozen shrimp looks like because I cook frozen shrimp. This was frozen shrimp. So I was very annoyed at that, but them oysters were good as fuck. They were also very fucking expensive. It was $40 for a dozen oysters, but they were absolutely fucking worth it. So 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 good they've got this really good house-made hot sauce that is I guess you could say fermented but they let the shit sit for like a year before they bottle it up and I'm so pissed that we did not buy a bottle it was on our hearts to do it but it slipped our minds to get it done um but if you're there definitely try that homemade hot sauce and if you like it fucking buy it and I'm pretty sure you're gonna like it if you like hot sauce but it was a nice kind of like oddly enough like a shrimp cocktail consistency like a a mushy one if you will this shit was good y'all it was good so the oysters were good did I write down what else we had um see women in the house house bomb says for you we intended by about um yeah I forgot to list what we had but the oysters were good the shrimp was trash. 
And there was one other thing that we got that was also really good. I just cannot remember what it is right now. Um, but there was, um, enough stuff in the area to do the food from everywhere that we went was really good. And before we hit the road to go back home, I called in an order of wings because there's no way we was going to go to Buffalo and not get Buffalo wings. We got them from this spot called Duff's. That was another place that I'd heard from plenty of people. It's supposed to be one of the top places to get Buffalo wings from or the original home of the Buffalo wing. I don't fucking remember, but I knew that Duff's was supposed to be someplace to get wings. So I called in the order. We got like an order of 20 and it was intentionally that large so that we can have wings for the drive home. And I got to say the wings were good, but they weren't anything to ride home about. Like I'd had wings as good downstate like it good but not anything I would go out of my way for um and they definitely are better fresh because the next day I did heat some up when we got home at like 2 a.m I put some in the oven so that we could eat you know leftover wing like we were, we were hungry by the time we got home wide awake and hungry but put some up put some in the oven and they were still good then but the next day I think I put them in the microwave, which could have been the reason why they weren't that great. But I ended up not, I don't overcook shit in the microwave. I just need to knock the chill off. He always laughs, but I don't necessarily need my food piping hot unless it's like fresh, fresh. If I'm reheating food, I just want it to not be cold. So I, and I'm also okay with eating cold food, depending on what it is. And in hindsight, I think I may have been better off just eating these shits cold. And these weren't like they were wings that I had put in the oven like the night before and then had leftovers and then put back in the fridge like these were the wings that I didn't put in the oven anyway so I have to say they were trash the only thing like really edible on them was the skin because the meat did like that real hardening thing where the meat just gets hard and this is nothing to chew because it's just like uh the consistency is just off so they're good fresh wouldn't say I would suggest you go to go out of your way for Duff's famous wings um, and it was a long wait. It was like a 40 minute wait. And what was wild was we were 15 minutes away when I called for pickup and the girl was like, all right, that should be 40 minutes. And I'm like, we were supposed to get on the road to go home. And now we got to wait an extra 30 minutes, but maybe 10 minutes when I think overall, it only took about 25, 30 minutes, um, because we ended up getting a text message and they let us know the wings were done. So, and all be all, it wasn't the end of the world. And they were good. So the wings were good. Um, honestly, oysters and wings, like we have this thing where we call like our our tastes artisanal dive. We love a good dive bar, but we also don't want it to smell like piss and beer. So neither one of us needs anything pretentious. We're really cool with, you know, someplace real chill, laid back, you know, um, whatever kind of music doesn't really matter. But it needs to have some kind of like an air of elegance to it while not being anything where you got to wear a jacket and ladies have to wear heels and a dress or something like that. We're good with someplace we could show up in sweatpants, but know that we're going to get good quality and like high end service and shit like that. So it, I'm hoping that makes sense to you. Um, cause honestly our surf and turf, while we do enjoy steak and we do enjoy lobster, our go-to surf and turf is always oysters and wings. 
I will always order oysters if you got them and I will always order wings if you got them. Well, not always, but you get what I'm saying. Like if I'm in the mood for either, I'm definitely going to fuck with them. So that's our thing. Artisanal dive, artisanal surf and turf, like oysters, wings, low lighting, and just like really cool tatted up piercings, sit, talk, yell at somebody across the bar, kind of bartenders and servers kind of thing. So a good time is had by all. Um, I think I mentioned last week, um, and I'll make a note again, one thing to keep in mind, and I think that this really played into how we made the strip club choice decision, was we were really considering, all right, let's not spend more than we need to, because while we do enjoy having a good time, we like to do it cost efficiently. So we didn't necessarily want to spend money and like we would rather have the money on hand should something come up that we needed, especially considering we've been in the situation where an entire car dies on us. So I think that the little bit of trauma that that left is still lingering. So it's just like, all right, well, let's not spend the money on the strip club now. Let's wait until we're a little closer to being on our way home. So God forbid something pops up, we're not cash poor. So we considered that while also not considering which destination and which location would have been a better fit or better suited for us to spend the money that we did decide to budget for the strip club. So in hindsight, while it made sense to not necessarily spend all your money at the beginning of the trip, because you still got three days left to go, It would have made sense in this case for us to spend the money sooner, like earlier on the trip, as opposed to waiting until the end, because that end destination ended up not being the best use of those resources, which is cash. So that is something to consider. Um, Look into like how you spend your money and how you like to travel and kind of, you know, weigh your options and play that game so that if you're going to spend, you spend on things that are actually going to give you the greatest uh, return on your investment so that you get the most of your money. So um, one of the things that I just want to finish off with, because travel is so much more than vacation, is knowing when to slow down. We were able to really do so much, if you will, at uh, the location in Toronto, like we were able to walk so much and really just spend so much time outside in the parks and just walking around and just touristy. Oh, look at this. This is nice. This is cute. Let's pop in here because in Detroit on that full day that we had in Detroit, we didn't do that much. Um, we, I had a headache. We really just were like not on our a game that day. And so it was just like, you know what? I am going to go with the flow that is here, not the flow that I necessarily want it to be, because sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes you got to fight through and just go with it. Like in Toronto, when we ain't have no water, we had to just fight with it, go with it. You wake up early, you make concessions, you make do. And we ended up having to go with the flow in Detroit when it was just like, okay, we need to take a pause and we need to kind of just like, Okay, being outside, running and doing this, doing that, and this isn't working right now. So let's check in with us. What is it that each of us needs for us to enjoy this vacation? I needed a fucking nap. My head was killing me. At this point, I had waited too long to eat. And it was just like, you know what? We're going to put a linchpin. We're going to put a little pin in this day. 
And that gave us the energy that gave us like the, okay, I've checked in with myself. I've reevaluated what I need in this moment so that I can be at my best for the rest of this trip. It doesn't make sense to push in every situation. It doesn't make sense to overextend yourself at every turn because at some point you ain't gonna have nowhere else to turn. So really listen to yourself, especially when you're doing something like a road trip that can be very taxing. You are not necessarily at the, I guess, I don't want to say the mercy of, but you don't have the leisure of letting someone else get you there. You're getting yourself there. And also consider what you may need to do to keep the peace, like keep the balance. You're going to be spending an extended amount of time together. It's not like we're home where I can go in the room and he can go in the living room or I can come in the office and he can go in the bedroom. Like you don't have as many ways to get away from each other. And also when you're home, you could just be like, all right, well, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to drive there. I'm going to go see this person. We were going to eat together for the rest of the week. And it was just like, you know what? So that we don't get under each other's skin so that we can keep the peace between us. Let's each take a pause. You're tired. You're not feeling great. Let's honor that. We're not going to push the other person to do something because one of us wants to do something. So as a reminder, when you are traveling with other people, consider that other people. Consider the other people on your trip and check in with both parties on the trip. So that has been, um, the conclusion of the road trip episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. We love a good fucking road trip. I also want to remind you, I introduced it and told you guys about it last week. I've got a road trip itinerary pack. It's an ebook. So I chose five of our favorite cities. We've done about 15 cities on seven different trips over the past two years. And in this book, I have our five favorite cities. I've got um, Hartford, DC, Vermont, Philly, and Montreal. And we are somewhat spontaneous. We love spontaneity with a plan. Plan spontaneity, if you will. I love having an outline, but then something that I can decide at the last minute, I do want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to change a little, or I want to do this longer, or I want to do this for a shorter amount of time. So this itinerary pack is not Monday, 8 a.m., check in here, 8.30, make this, 8.45, do this, 10 a.m., go here. It has nothing to do with time. It is a list of where to stay, what to do, and mind you, everything in this itinerary are all things that I can firsthand tell you I've done, experienced, been to, and would recommend for you to do. Anything in these locations that I did do and wouldn't necessarily recommend ain't on the list. But it's a place to stay. Each location, I list where I stayed. I give you the link so that you can book there. You can check there if you want to be, if you can check to see if you would be interested in staying there. So it's where to stay, what to do. I tell y'all everything we did on these trips. And also, um, what was the other one? Where to go, what to say? Oh, and where to eat. My God, the food. There is a vibe for every trip. So you can choose your trip based on what vibe you want to go for. Do you want romance? Do you want outdoor activities? Do you want leisure activities like horseback riding? Or do you want like a gastroeconomic experience? Do you want to eat your face off? Or do you want history? Do you want heritage? Or do you want family friendly? Or do you want something trip uh, short? Do you want something that's maybe an hour and a half from New York City? Or are you willing to take a little more adventurous of a trip and do six hours away from New York City? 
So you've got options. You've got the flexibility to do what you want, when you want, while you're on the trip. You've got the flexibility of choosing the trip that you take based on the vibe and the energy that you want to bring to your vacation. Or you get to choose your trip based on the length of time that you will spend in your car. So I've got you covered. It is $14.99. And as a listener of the podcast, there is, of course, a 10% discount code. Just use new traveler. I'm going to put that in the description box below so that you don't forget. But it can be purchased at travelshippodcast.com. You can either go to shop or you can go to travel resources and either one of those drop downs will have the link to get the ebook. It's an immediate download. So it is available for you right then and there. So if you didn't take a trip during this Labor Day weekend because you didn't really want to plan anything out, you didn't want to put that effort or energy into it, I got you covered for the next one. These are all great for short trips. You can extend them. You can draw them out and drag them as long as you want or condense them for as small as you want either. I like to have the options for you. So that is there for your consumption as well. I hope you all will enjoy it. And that'll be all for this week, folks. I will see you guys next time. Bye.